Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Right now at Chicago.SunTimes.com, it's the latest episode of the Fran Spielman Show. Throughout the last few weeks, Fran has had our Cook County State's Attorney candidates on the program. This week, more of the same. Fran welcomed one Bob Fioretti to the studio. Here's a little bit of that. Uh I have advocated for victims' rights. I've adv- advocated for the wrongfully incarcerated. Uh, I have an understanding of our criminal justice system, our tax system, our civil system. Uh, I believe I'm much better satisfied and suited for this office than either one of the three candidates that are running. All right, and that's all you get. All right, now you got to go to the Chicago Sun-Times website, find the Fran Spielman podcast, and go download it. Get informed on our Cook County State's Attorney candidates. Uh, she spoke with Donna Moore last week. This week, Bob Fioretti. Oh, she also spoke with Bill Conway a couple weeks back as well. It's the Fran Spielman Show every week at the Chicago Sun-Times website or wherever else you download your favorite podcast. Hour number two of your Ben Jarofsky show is just moments away. But before we get into that, well, we got to thank the following unions once again for jumping on board and sponsoring this humble little program that we have. Unions like the International Association of Machinists and Aerospace Workers, Local 126 in District 8, the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local 9 are sponsors, as well as the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 150. Unions. Can't thank you enough. Couldn't do it without you. And of course, today's program is brought to you by our good friends at the Chicago Federation of Labor. Hour number two. Let's go. Thursday, February 20th. And live from the Chicago Sun-Times, Chicago Reader Studio on Racine Avenue, this is the Ben Jarofsky Show. this hour of the program, union man Don Villar makes his return, and we welcome Danica McMillan. And now your host, he is indeed not feeling the Berg. (laughs) Chicago Reader columnist, Ben Jarofsky. Not feeling the Berg, absolutely not, uh, not feeling the Berg at all. But you know what? I said it once. I said, uh, Don Villar, I I said if uh, Michael Bloomberg is the nominee, I'll vote for him over Donald John Trump. I'm not, you know, that much of an extremist. I will vote for Bloomberg over Trump uh, with the hopes, as Bronco pointed out, uh, that the left can force Bloomberg to make accommodations that he probably wouldn't make on his own. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. you, you know what? Uh, right now, the AFL-CIO, we're taking guidance from them, and they're staying out of it until the prime, until after uh, the convention. So I might have an opinion, but uh, you know, I, I think I uh, can't say, uh, can't throw anything on, uh, in one favor or another. But yeah, I do concur. Bloomberg was a little rough last night. Oh, my God. We've been talking about that all day. Uh, you got an yeah, update, D? Our, our Facebook friends have been weighing in on it as well. Last night was that debate. Oh, Ooh. how about that Bloomberg, huh? If you were a Bloomberg <laughs> fan before that debate, well, you're hiding today. <laughs> Come on out, guys. Yeah. Come on out. yeah. The question posted on our Facebook page, who won, who lost, and who else feels they need to take a cold shower after last <laughs> night's debate? Uh, a few of you have weighed in. We'll read your responses now. Shout out to our good friend, Alan. Alan's been with us since... Since the radio days, Ben Jarofsky. Ah, the good old radio days. Yeah. yeah. Before you're fired. fired. Yeah. <laughs> oh. yeah. All right. Alan says, Bernie came out looking pretty good. Warren took out Bloomberg early and nobody else really stood out. What do you think about that? I think that Elizabeth Warren really stood out. I think it was Elizabeth Warren's night. She killed it. Uh, and I say this as a guy. Remember, Bernie was my number one choice. Uh, still is my number one choice. But I think Elizabeth Warren did great. And I've been throwing this theory out. To everybody I bump into in the hallways, might as well throw it out to everybody out there. If it's a brokered convention, I think Elizabeth Warren is making a case that she's the compromised candidate 
and Castro would be her running mate. There you go. You heard it first, Don Valar, wow. right here on this show. Lenny's nodding her head going, hmm, I can get into that. Uh, that's my humble opinion. That's how strong Elizabeth Warren did it last night. Shout out to our Facebook friend Shannon. Shannon says, Warren with the best comeback since Muhammad Ali busted Jerry Quarry for a third round TKO. After a three and a half year layoff, she skinned Bloomberg alive. Wait a minute. Time out. Who said this? They know- Shannon. Shannon. I love you, Shannon. You know about Muhammad Ali? Wow. I was thinking, you know what's funny? I was doing a boxing metaphor in my mind. Don, are you a boxing fan? You know, I, I've, I've watched it a couple of times, sure. Do you yeah. remember when uh, uh, Ali beat Foreman in 1974, I want to say it was, in a fight in Africa? Oh, yeah. And, and, and uh, Cosell was doing it. George Foreman is down, George. <laughs> anyway, that's what I thought last night. I thought Elizabeth Warren was Muhammad Ali and Michael Bloomberg was George Foreman. Millennials, hang tight. <laughs> <laughs> All right, shout out to Don. Don no, not Don Villar. Oh, hey, it's yeah. another Don. Another Don out there. Don says, sorry to say, now this is the first time I've heard this opinion. Don says, sorry to say, Bloomberg won, got what? slathered oh. with crap, took the hit, money will buy Teflon. Man, is jeez. I like to smoke what he's smoking. <laughs> yeah, what channel you, was he watching? Man. <laughs> well, he's one of these uh, no such thing as bad publicity guys, I guess. Yeah. Well, they all got publicity. <laughs> I mean, and the other people needed the publicity more than Bloomberg. Bloomberg's got about $300 million worth of ads. By the way, At Bloomberg. Least. You know, we'll take your money. You could drop an ad right here in the Ben Jarofsky I got to pay rent, man. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Call Lenny. She'll take Come your money. On. Come on, Bloomberg. Well, what, what are we, chopped liver? We'll take your money. Marguerite weighed in. She said, hey, can Pete go rescue the Boy Scouts or do something useful? Oh, man, Pete Buttigieg. Oh. Um, he, man, he, I, I thought Amy Klobuchar got the better of him in oh, that. Cleaned his clock. Cleaned his clock. Oh, you think you're so smart. You know, because she didn't know the name of the Mexican. Everybody, the Mexican president of Mexico. Look. We all stumble, folks. We're not machines, all right? You know, I, my memory down, the older I get, I lose tr- track of things. Um, you me both. Yeah. You know, I was talking to Nika on the phone earlier today, and, and she was talking about her race in Naperville, and I was, like, trying to remember names from DuPage County, and I couldn't do it. Of course, it was 40 years ago. I was trying to come up with these. Bertie Klein, it was his name. He was a civil rights advocate, act, uh, activist in, in DuPage County. But anyway, the point is, he, you know, sometimes Pete tries, is too smart for his own good, Don Villar. You know what I'm saying? So right. last night was one of those moments where he was trying to undercut Amy Klobuchar. She goes, oh, you, what, are, am I, are you saying I'm dumb? I thought a lot of people could, like, oh, you know, even feel that. They could know? relate to relate, it. Yeah. Oh, it was, uh, that was a really good moment there. I mean, she really uh, took him out there. Uh, uh, that that retort was like, whoa! You didn't expect that. Yeah, I know. Yeah, so. I, I really. I, I'm Amy's not in my top three, but I applauded that. Well, yeah, you're gonna make fun of me because I I stumbled at a moment. You think you're so smart? And he was like, hubba, hubba, hubba. <laughs> <laughs> feel free to weigh in with your thoughts on the Bendrovsky Show Facebook page at Benny J Show B E N N Y the letter J Show. Also on Twitter as well. And I will do one more comment here. Layla uh, commented here, and please, Michael Buffer, do not sue us. Uh, Layla says, "Let's get ready to run." Uh, I guess millennials would know that. Absolutely. Uh, More boxing references. It was in Vegas, wasn't it? It was. It was in Vegas. Very good to Don Villar showing. He knows a thing or two about the fighting game. There you go. Uh, All right. Thank you very much, D. That's some good stuff from our listeners. Uh, Don Villar, we already talked about the debate. Let's move on and talk about... J.B. Pritzker's budget. We haven't, you know, it kind of got lost in the shuffle. I'm going to ask you eventually about Blago, and you're an old newsman. We <laughs> have some fun with that one. Uh, your general thoughts on J.B. Pritzker's budget. You know, uh, he's we. This is he's coming off a great year last year. I mean, uh, just getting everything together, having a balance. I mean, having a budget passed for the first time in mm-hmm. you know for two three years, or and just having consensus to some extent, right? And uh, the the capital spending projects, the capital bill, that's doing great. That's putting a lot of people to work. And he's earmarking more monies towards uh, apprentice programs, towards job readiness, job training. So yeah, from the labor movement's perspective, he's doing great. Mm-hmm. You know, he's putting people to work. Uh, he's promoting some of these major projects that long-needed projects in the state, uh, you know, infrastructure improvements and it's so much we've got a lot there's a lot there's a lot ahead and uh just i see more improvements going down the road so i mean it was really uh, appreciated his address yesterday uh, um and um hitting all the marks well the one of the things that didn't get uh, accentuated much uh, in the coverage because they were talking about the the sort of the, the 
the budget ploy he's making about fair tax, and we'll get to all that, right. um, was the fact that he's the beneficiary, in my humble opinion, of widespread approval for the legalization of marijuana. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and so he talked about that, how, the, you know, they always talk about it in terms of the money it's bringing in. I always talk about it in terms of how unfair the law was uh, and how mainly black people got punished for it and everybody was smoking it. <clears throat> uh, and uh, so I don't know how as a society we could have tolerated that for so many years, that just gross inequity right in our face. But I do believe that Pritzker will be writing... Uh, public support in that he'll be the beneficiary for a long time because i do believe that it's a very popular initiative in the state of Illinois. oh absolutely i mean uh what were the reports the first day uh 30 40 million dollars in pot sales first day yeah and it's continuing on and we have a pot shortage all of a sudden <laughs> pot shortage <laughs> so that's going to be yeah. you know uh ufcw they recently reunionized one of the uh production houses pot production and actually all this production facilities they have to stay in illinois because you can't cross state borders you can't be importing this pot from out. <laughs> you know, it's still illegal to import the pot in oh and don we need to ask you the ben Jarofsky show uh reefer question you got any? <laughs> anyway. Yeah, now you don't have to say, hey, that's where I hide my weed. <laughs> Don Villar has never inhaled. Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, I, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the, like, there's a uh, uh, an Illinois element to it all. Because, you know, the the, the standard line by uh, the right, Rauner, Tribune's editorial page, uh, is that people are fleeing the state of Illinois. This is their standard line. But because do we have too many unions? We have too many, um, uh, too much pension obligations, and our taxes are too high, and that's why people are fleeing the state of Illinois. That's the standard line they use. And now here we, people are coming now. But well, we got reefer, so you know, yeah. people, uh, people coming in from Iowa and Indiana, yeah, and Wisconsin. Yeah, I mean, think, think of all the border border uh, dis- dispensaries, right? Uh, how they're going to? They're probably going gangbusters yeah. right now, right? Uh, except they're out of bud right now. So yeah, come on, <laughs> let's go, farmers. Yeah, get to right. work, grow that stuff. Uh, all right, uh, but really, what was embedded? in that budget address was a, sort of a threat, if you will, uh, and it has to do with the Fair Tax Initiative. I'm a big supporter of the Fair right. Tax Initiative. Uh, love to hear what my, our next guests have to say about that. Uh, but the Fair Tax Initiative is the one, just to remind everybody, uh, in which we would change the rates uh, so that the wealthier you are, you would pay a higher rate on your uh, state income tax. We have a flat tax right now in the state of Illinois. I think that's exceedingly unfair. It's not mm-hmm. progressive in any way. It's regressive because why would you, you would tax Pritzker and Rauner uh, at the same rate as Dennis and Ben and, yeah. uh, you know, it doesn't make uh, sense. and Don Villar. Yeah. So, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Uh, but what, what, what he embedded, uh, you right. know, little, was, he slipped that in he there. Slipped, he goes, listen, all right. You pass the fair tax, I'm going to have more money for education. You don't pass the fair tax, going to have to make some cuts. The Republicans are crying. Mm-mm, they're crying like little babies. What was your reaction to that one, Don? <laughs> I concur with that. I mean, I think, look, uh, we are, we're pushing hard on the fair tax. Uh, I mean, I think that's something, you know, that's a big push that uh, everybody's behind because it, it impacts so many people, so many workers, so many jobs. So uh, I get what he's trying. I heard that as well. And at the end of the day, let's just, you know, let's let's focus on passing that passing that referendum uh, in November. Um, and yeah, the other side, they're pu- they're pushing on the other. They're pushing hard on the other end. Right. Because oh, yeah, they, they want to see another austerity uh, austerity, austerity government, mm-hmm. austerity budget and cuts. Uh, and, uh, that's, that's what they're, they're working hard on their side. But I think, um, hopefully, you know, right, like you said, right in that, uh, the goodwill of the, that good weed will and, <laughs> yeah. and, and everything else. And I mean, so far he's been a good chief executive of this, of this state, his first year, you know, he knocked out of the ballpark and, uh, and just keep that going. All right, we'll be following that fair tax one down the Mm -hmm. road. Uh, That'll kind of be lost uh, in the shuffle. It'll be on the ballot in November, and it has to pass with over 60% 60 of the vote. So it's -hmm. it's not going to be an easy thing. Uh, And it will be lost in the weeds, lost in the shuffle, I should say, of the... uh, the presidential battle. 
Right, right. That's why it's going to be important to get you know a strong turnout uh, during come November. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to be critical. So oh. somebody will electrify the, especially if you have a, you know, a good Democrat that comes out, really turn, gets gets turnout up. All right, you're telling me something about initiative having to do with the temp economy. Get into that a little. Well, bit. you know, uh, actually earlier this week uh, on President's Day, uh, we uh, are working with a, a lot of our worker centers. We put together a video, uh, uh, actually a six-part docu-series on, uh, on the te- permatemping mm-hmm. and just the plight of a lot of the workers in, in the state. Uh, one out of three workers in Illinois and Chicago uh, cla- classify as contingent. So they're temps, part-time, freelancers, uh, independent contractors, one out of three. And, the, and because of the way the laws have been written, the way the laws, things have been going on, I mean, they don't have many rights. And uh, they're subject to so many abu- uh, abuses and discrimination. And there's just so many issues that they're facing that because of the growth of the temp economy, the, uh, the gig economy and the, the temp industry in this state, uh, it's being felt on their back. So uh, there's a docu-series that we, we put together with, working with uh, with a Chicago Workers Collaborative and some other groups, uh, Warehouse Workers for Justice and uh, uh, Raise the Floor Alliance, uh, just talking about the, the plight these people are, are going through. Is there any are specific legislation that's being proposed? Uh, not yet. I mean, there's stuff that, uh, you know, there's stuff that's out there that, you know, maybe mirroring something along the Calif- what California passed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know what? I, I, I don't have that in front mm-hmm. of me right now. I mean, there's a lot of talk about it, but so far nothing has been put to paper, I don't believe. But I'll, I'll have to find out, you know. But that's something I think, uh, uh, you know, we need in the state. And, I mean, the other thing we're working on is at least we've got some great temp worker laws in this state that uh, the, the legislature has passed, but the problem is enforcement. And you know, before uh, Governor Pritzker took office, we had the Labor Board, a uh, Labor Department, Department of Labor, an agency that wasn't looking out for labor. They weren't enforcing a lot of the temp laws, because like every temp agency operating in Illinois, they're supposed to register with the state, and the vast majority of them were not re- uh, during Rauner's administration. They weren't registered. The vast majority. So now. Uh, you know, JB, uh, Governor Pritzker's administration, uh, his director, uh, the Labor Department, they're working on that and, and so, sort of correcting that. And that's that's some of the issues that need to be addressed because uh, that wasn't addressed during the four years uh, of Rauner. All right. Now, let me uh, talk a little bit about Blogger before I let you go get out of here, bring uh, Danica McMillan on our next guest. Uh, you're an old news guy. Yeah. Folks know this. Uh, he works for Federation Labor now, but back in the day, you were a news writer uh, for ABC, yeah, I want to say, right? Yeah, uh, on the morning show. On the morning show. I had to get up early. Good oh, God, man. I don't know how you did that. Oh. Uh, excellent column. i got to give a shout-out to Mark Brown. He had a lot of fun with this. Mark Brown, the uh, political writer for many years here at the uh, the Chicago Sun-Times. And he went out to Blagojevich's house mm. uh, to hang out with the crowd. Blago came out uh, and met the people uh, after, in his first day back. This guy's unbelievable. i just say this, Don Villar. Guy spent eight years behind in a federal lockup. Mm-hmm. Comes out within a day. He's like flawless oration. You know wow. what I mean? I know. Yeah. He's got a huge future <laughs> in radio. Uh, it'd be Maybe right, It'll be right-wing radio, right, uh, yeah. but he has a huge feature, uh, future. Uh, but anyway, here's what Mark Brown wrote. He concluded his column. He's talking about the utter madness of the scene where everybody's showing up to shake hands with Blagojevich. Uh, and then he writes this. On Tuesday, I'm, I implored Blagojevich to just go away quietly and leave us as, us in peace. And I don't count anything he does in this first week against him in that regard. We wouldn't leave him alone, even if he begged. There were more reporters on that lawn than covering J.B. Pritzker's budget address in Springfield. That's on us, of course. And I apologize on behalf of the profession, but it's hard to turn away when the circus comes back to town. That's pretty clever. Oh, he, he hit the nail right on the head there. Uh, I mean, that yesterday morning, I was actually at City Hall for a press conference uh, in support of a, uh, a legislation the nurses are pushing. And there was just a, two cameras there and one, uh, one, one or two reporters. And one of the reporters is a good friend of mine from my, my old TV days. And I said, why aren't you out there <laughs> you know, in, in the, the circus? But you're right. It, 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 that's one of the things. It's like it took away all the attention. I mean, even, you know, I, I had the TV in my office later. Like, whoa, you know, you couldn't stop. You could, it's like a car wreck, right? Yes. You, you can't take your eyes away. And uh, that's that's the problem with that. And uh, 
Uh, but it sort of reminded me just the scrum and the the circus, like what it was like in the new back in the day in the newsroom in 2008 when he got hauled away in cuffs from his home, and then in 2010 when he was uh, was this 2010 when he was sent to uh, uh, was 2010 or 20, I can't remember. Yeah, I lost track of time. 2011, 2011. Oh yeah, 2012. Yeah, 2012. Yeah, 2012 mm-hmm. when he was hauled away to Florence, Colorado, mm-hmm. and the circus behind that and. You know, you're an old. You 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 know, you understand news, and sometimes it's that those big stories that sort of get get us going in the morning. You know, it's tough to do, but sometimes it's that's what what feeds news people. No, look, I'm going to say this. I'm, I'll put this out here. When I listen to uh, J.B. Pritzker and uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot, they like begrudgingly. They, they reporters ask about Bogoyevich, and they do this side thing. This, this is like standard one on one of what an incumbent uh, Democratic politician has to do, Don. So you have to sort of sigh and go, "All right, I'll answer your question once." Like this beneath <laughs> my dignity to talk about something that absolutely everyone in the universe is talking about. I'll answer it once. That's the only time I'm going to answer it. And da 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 da. They rip Bogoyevich as they should. Bogoyevich is a con artist, oh, etc. Yeah, yeah. and so forth. Not defending him. Yeah, I'm not defending him either. But I'm going to put this out here right now. If you think this is the last we've seen of Rod Blagojevich. You're crazy. He's cut a deal with Donald Trump. That's part of the reason why Donald Trump let him out of federal prison. And his job will be go on the road for the next six months pushing Donald Trump, trying to link Donald Trump to like great liberators of our time. If anybody's convinced by this, I man, I feel sorry for them. <laughs> But that's what he's going to do, Don Villar. You know it. We've not heard the last of uh, Bogoyevich. We haven't heard the last of him. And I mean, right now he's looking. He he says he's unemployed. He's looking for a job. He's got to support his family somehow. So we'll see where that where that job lands him. Who's going to be hiring? Yes, we'll see who's. (laughs) We'll. I guess we'll have to watch uh, the 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 statements, the financial statements coming out of the Donald Trump campaign (laughs) to see if any consultant fees are getting their way Mm -hmm. uh, to Rod Bogoyevich. All right, Don. Any, any last messages you want to make before I let you go out the door and bring on uh, Danica McMillan? Uh, you know what? The other thing is uh, the census. Uh, oh. Don't forget the census, folks. Uh, April 1st, the census starts. It goes till, uh, July th- till the end of July. But so much is at stake, and especially for the labor movement, because uh, a lot of the federal dollars that come into Illinois, they support jobs and uh, workers, and that's so critical. And an undercount means a loss in the potential federal funding, whether it's education, social service, or infrastructure. So those are the things that, you know, we're working on to, to make sure everybody's counted. Absolutely. All right, we'll be talking about that uh, more in the coming weeks. Uh, yeah, because that's very important. Don Villar, thank you very much. Chicago Federation of Labor. Danica McMillan's on deck. We're going to bring her on when we return. Read the Chicago Reader to get up to speed on what's what in Chicago. Culture, food, arts and entertainment, weekly concert listings, weekly event listings, the environment, travel. I can continue, but you get the point. And for all of you Chicago political junkies, raw weekly columns on real city politics from Maya Dukmasova and our very own Ben Jarofsky. The Chicago Reader, free to the public in newsstands throughout the city and online at chicagoreader.com. Read it now and be a more informed Chicagoan. Did you know that 40% of the people in Illinois opt to be cremated? Well, it's true. And Chicagoland Cremation Options honors their wishes by providing cremation services directly to the general public. Chicagoland Cremation Options provides an affordable, ethical, and easy cremation arrangement, whether in person or online. Save thousands and streamline the process by going directly to Chicagoland Cremation Options. It's a family-owned business operated by my good friend, Douglas Klein. Here's how you reach them. ChicagolandCremationOptions.com. One more time. ChicagolandCremationOptions.com. It's Chicagoland's adult entertainment playground. It's the world-famous Admiral Theater, 3940 West Lawrence Avenue. The Admiral is homegrown from Chicago, and it's the most conveniently located club in all of the city. 15 minutes from the O'Hare Airport in downtown Chicago Loop. Voted Chicago's best strip club, the Admiral has showgirls galore and a variety of adult entertainment shows. The world-famous Admiral Theater, open every day from 7 p.m. to 6 a.m., 3940 West Lawrence Avenue. For events, showtime, and other information, visit AdmiralX.com. Must be 18 years of age or older to enter. So again, on behalf of Patty and Amy and Annie and me, we want to again express our, our deepest gratitude to President Trump. Like I said, as a Republican president and a Democratic governor, he didn't have to do this. But President Trump is not a typical politician. That's right. 
He's tough. He's outspoken. He gets things done. He's a problem solver in a business where too many politicians don't want to solve problems. All they want to do is play politics and get nothing done for the people. He's, he's, he's got a, I'm a Trumpocrat. The Trumpocrat, that's right. Eroding beaches on Chicago's lakefront, warmer winters in the upper Midwest, microplastics in our water. What can any one person do? Our best hope for saving the planet and ourselves is through the power of we. Get to the ninth annual One Earth Film Festival, the Midwest's premier environmental film festival, March 6th through the 15th. 26 films, 48 events, four counties engaged with filmmakers and experts. Venues include Tesla Gold Coast, Loyola University, Plant Chicago, Old St. Patrick's Church, the Chicago Cultural Center, Lake Theater in Oak Park, and much more. Go to OneEarthFilmFest.org. One more time, OneEarthFilmFest.org. Welcome back to the Ben Jarofsky Show, live from the Chicago Sun-Times. Lenny from The Reader, the pride and joy of Indivisible Chicago, is here to introduce our next guest. Before we bring Lenny on, D, you got an update? Absolutely, I do. Uh, shout out to CapitalFacts.com and the meanest Illinois political bulldog in the yard, Rich Miller. <laughs> what do you do now? Well, first off, it's hilarious. At the top of uh, CapitalFacts.com, a Bloomberg ad. <laughs> hey, Mike, I said it already. Her name is Lenny. Give her a call. We'll take your money. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Rob Blagojevich, former Illinois governor, has been out of prison for what? Uh, not even 48 hours, right? Uh, yeah, I don't not, think it's 48 hours. Well, uh, not it? even 48 hours in, and he's already starting beef with our current governor. The following comes from Capital Facts here. Well, and NBC5, Carol Maureen caught up with Rob Blagojevich, uh, the brother of the former governor. Robert. Robert. Mm -hmm. uh, shame on J.B. Pritzker for not being being a friend and for not being an honorable person. He wanted something from my brother and when he didn't get it, now he's moved on and he's now bitter against my brother. I don't think he's bitter. I don't think it's the right word that accurately summarizes. Uh, I think cynical. Yes, absolutely. Everybody was calling up Rob Agoyevich, who was the governor, and Rahm Emanuel was one of them. They were looking for something for him. He's the governor. He had something to give. He had nominations. He could fill a vacancy. And hey, Mama Bogoyevich, can we uh, get a different <laughs> name? Rob and Rod, too similar. It confused me while I was reading this. Like, wait, Ro oh, no, Rob. Yeah. And then there's Rod. So bitter is not the word. Cynical is the word. Yeah, it's not says, that that's any better. It but. says here, uh, Rob Bogoyevich's brother told, us, uh, told NBC5 yesterday, uh, you were his friend and you wanted the Senate seat, and now you're not his friend. And uh, what's your reaction to that? He says it's not a big deal, but Pritzker didn't want the Senate seat. He wanted to be appointed treasurer. Uh, and it says here, uh, yeah, that's all we got there. It was they weren't friends. They weren't like on play dates. They didn't go to the park and play catch. That's a friend, okay? Dennis is my friend. Uh, you know, that's a friend. Man, okay. That was nice. <laughs> you're my friend too. They're not friends. It's political alliances. They're wheeling and dealing. Come on, Rob Blagojevich. And hey, I just want to remind everybody right now uh, at chicago.suntimes.com, chicagoreader.com, and wherever else you download your favorite podcast, it's the latest edition of Ben Jarofsky Beyond the Column, where we take a deep dive in this week's column from Ben Jarofsky, all about Michael Bloomberg. <laughs> the wit and wisdom of Michael Bloomberg. How apropos. So, oh, wait, hold on, D. I've just been pitching for his money, and I just realized I wrote a very critical column about him, Lenny. Oops. I take oh, it all back. That's, that's never happened before, huh, Ben? <laughs> no. All right, go find that. Go download it. Uh, if you read the column, even if you haven't read the column, go check it out. Find out what it's about. And also, we take a deep dive into Ben Jarofsky column past. Learn about a column all the way back in 1995. Uh, the hair days, Ben calls them. <laughs> so go check it out uh, wherever you download podcasts, Chicago Reader, Chicago Sun-Times. Uh, our next guest just was one year out of Whitney Young High School back in 1995. So think about that, everybody. That's correct. How old I am. Been at this for a long time. Uh, all right, Lenny, uh, before we introduce our next guest, uh, talk about the latest from Indivisible Chicago. Yeah, well, before that, really, seriously, I am from the Chicago Reader, L-E-N-I, at chicagoreader.com. So support independent news media and the Chicago Reader. And give me a call if you want to advertise on the Ben Jarofsky Show or in print or in social media or online or digital. So 
give me a call. So um, Indivisible, so we are part of the Indivisible grassroots movement, and uh, we've been here since 2016. A lot of us stepped up, um, you know, after the women's marches, and um, and there's a lot going on. So three things that we're doing this year is we are holding the House, we're flipping the Senate, and we're going to fire Donald Trump. But we know that local races matter. So, for instance, yesterday we were at the Cook County office uh, for an early vote rally for Kim Fox. We need to get her elected. Uh, We're also endorsing Marie Newman in the third district. Um, In case you missed it, we were there on uh, Monday in Dan Lipinski's district in front of his office on the 17th. um, And we got coverage from Fox, WG and NBC um, about our, our day of action there. We were demanding that Dan Lipinski donate nearly $60,000 in contributions from Mayor Jeff Tobolsky, the Asphalt King, Michael Vondra, Exelon, and, and others caught up in the federal corruption probe to donate, it, donate his dark money back to um, an ethical group that's working uh, towards um, bettering the, the 3rd District. Um, and I'll, yeah, so I'll just stop there. Uh, we're also looking forward to other indivisible events such as the one that's coming up that's on the Monday, February 24th. That's at the Second Presbyterian Church. That's uh, 1936 South Michigan. It's a candidates forum. Mm -hmm. And you've had uh, many of these on on your show. Anthony Clark, Kena Collins, Danny Davis, Christine Schoenbacher. That's Monday, February 24th from 7 to 9. The moderator is going to be League of Women Voters and indivisible groups, including Indivisible Printers Row. Um, South Loop Neighbors, Greater South Loop Association will uh, co-sponsor the events. Early voting has started in Illinois. If you don't know where to go, go to elections.il.gov to figure out exactly where your polling place is um, and where to go. Um, you could find uh, your sample ballot at Ballotopedia or the League of Women Voters Um you know that judges are really important right now in our ninth district, Illinois, um, Indivisible Illinois ninth district group. Just today, we had our um, committee person um, Carol Ronan there, who introduced two candidates, Brad Trowbridge in the eighth subcircuit, and also Jill Rose Quinn. Um, if Jill Rose Quinn gets elected, she would be the first openly trans elected official in, in Illinois. So check that out. Um, you can go to chicagocouncil.org to find out the state judicial evaluations To because um, there are a lot on the ballot. Mm. Oh, it's overwhelming. It's overwhelming sometimes. It is overwhelming sometimes, which is, which is the reason why we want to point to it. Um, and we know that, you know, representation matters. Um, people are talking about Bloomberg and his... 2019 comment about he, she, or it. Mm-hmm. That's a thing. Um, but I will take your money. <laughs> <laughs> Lenny Having said at that, wait, one more time. Lenny, where? Lenny at chicagoreader.com. All right, Bloomberg, come on, huh? So <laughs> I'm happy to be here today mm-hmm. to talk to an indivisible leader from Naperville. All right, indivisible leader from Naperville. Are you going to introduce her, Lenny? Well, you. Oh, I say, Danica uh, McMillan. Welcome to the show. Thank you. And uh, so she, you are running. We'll start off with the lead. You are running for state representative. What is the district? District forty-one. District forty-one, and give people a rough sense of where District forty-one is, what towns it includes, that kind of thing. Okay, so it's the western suburbs, uh, Naperville, Warrenville, and pretty sure a little bit of Bolingbrook. All right, and the incumbent is? Grant Worley. And Grant Worley is a Republican, person of the Republican persuasion. Am I correct on that? This is correct. Uh, all right, and uh, is he a person of the, uh, I would say, uh, Trumpian, right-wing Republican persuasion? Yes. All right, so there you go, folks. That's who she's up against. Uh, you're running in uh, Naperville. You're running in the 41st uh, Legislative District. But before you got to Naperville, before you got to the 41st Legislative, legislative District, you had a life and an existence. So to introduce people to you, uh, Danica McMillan, tell folks like where you're from, where you grew up, that kind of thing. Well, uh, I am originally from Chicago, born and raised on the west side of Chicago. Actually, the first generation 
in my family, born in Chicago, because my family's from Mississippi, um, and were sharecroppers before they came here. So um, went to Whitney Young High School, graduated in 94. We have quite a few 94 graduates that stick out. Um, Ken, Kenneth Polk, who owns Berries and Batters, that restaurant. On Lincoln Avenue? Is yeah. Yeah. Yes. I've been there. He's a Whitney Young grad. 94. Yes. His birthday is today, actually. Uh, Michael Scott. The alderman. The alderman Michael Scott. Uh, mm-hmm. Son of. It's Michael Scott Jr., but whatever. He was class of 90. Okay. okay sorry. <laughs> um, I didn't know he uh, was 94, huh? God damn, am I old? Go ahead, Danica. Also, uh, the show Southside that's on Comedy Central. Uh huh. Bashir. He graduated in 94 from Whitney Young. The South Side is a, a show that talks about living on the South Side of Chicago and deals with, uh, I think it's a, like a, what do you call it? Like a rent-a-center mm-hmm. type of show. Uh, as well as women who have graduated from in 94. Maisha Wynn, uh, she's the one who had this uh, transformation. She was overweight and now she's, it's called, um, in it to win it, I think, or something like that. And so, yeah, that, there's there's other people, but those well, you know are the what? ones. I just a tangent within a tangent, but I have to share this with you. So all those years, and whenever I go to o- uh, O'Hare and I get my luggage and you go down that people's mover and the people, you guys both looking at me like I'm crazy, but there's a people's mover in O'Hare. And I think it's, uh, yeah, you already have your luggage and I think you're, it's the people's mover that takes you to where the trains are. All right. So do you know what I'm talking about? In mm-hmm. the basement of anyway, the mural on the wall that the people movers take you by is a picture scenes of Chicago. And I always, I look at it every time out of O'Hare. I go I fly out of O'Hare maybe twice a year. And so I always it's Whitney on class of ninety five, I wanna say. Uh, so I don't know if you were one of the young artist scholars who painted that. <laughs> Danica's no, no not. I mean, but there's a, uh, a young kid in those days, but now he's a young man. Well, he's not that young, but to me, he's young. Uh, he's a, a teacher, but he was an official with the Chicago Teachers Union, uh, Jackson Potter. And I always see Jackson's name up there, and I'm like, oh, my God, I could just imagine young Jackson Potter and these Whitney Young kids, you know, back in 1994 with their art teacher painting this mural. Anyway, so that's my, uh, you just said, we just started talking about the Whitney Young class in 94. That's what flashed on that people mover going through. But you were not one of them, huh? Not 94. I mean, not 95. And plus, I'm not an artist. Okay. All right. But uh, you are running for office now. What, so what's your background before you got here, after you graduated from high school, et cetera? Uh, so I went to U of I and got my uh, bachelor's degree in psychology, minor in, in women's studies. Then I went to University of Michigan and got a master's degree in social work. And basically since that time, I've been a social worker. So over 20 years of social work, and that's encompassed um, working with the homeless population, uh, working with women and children in shelters, working with uh, women and children infected or affected by HIV and AIDS. Um, Gosh, I think I've done just about everything. I've worked in CHA housing. you know, part of the the family works program where they first tried to introduce uh, mental health services to the the residents who were living uh, in the building during the transformation. Um, yeah, I've worked. Mean, at, mean when they were moving people out of the ho- yeah. uh, CHA uh, housing and tearing down the housing. Yes, uh, the, I did not realize this. The CHA actually pr- provided some kind of counseling, some kind of therapy, so people could deal with the changes uh, in their lives. It was something like that. Uh, before, it was called the Service Connector Program, and then Family Works was a combination of having mental health services, residential, and then employment. Mm-hmm. So they were trying to, I think, uh, create some kind of basis for people to move forward in life. But you have to really think that people living in public housing, just basically anywhere, but especially in public housing, all the violence that people saw and how that affects them and so then we talk about substance abuse and why are people doing this if you've seen some of the horrors that people have gone through or kids walking to school and seeing people dead on the street yeah this is why people do that it's a coping mechanism Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily the best one but it's something to try to help them can continue on uh, Danica, this is one of my favorite themes and subjects if you will and feel free to disagree with me about about the same but i'm going to say it anyway Life is tough, man. 
every one of us uh, is going through all issues. Obviously, some people have it far worse than others, okay? Yes. I do not put myself at the top of the list of people have it bad. But we all deal with stuff. We all need help and assistance of some kind. But there's this notion that, like, uh, we don't talk about it. You know, it's a private thing. So if you have money, you go pay for your private counselor, you go pay for your private social worker, and you don't talk about it, you just go do your thing. So if you don't have money and you can't afford it, then you have to appeal to the government. But the, it seems like the government's attitude is like, it, this doesn't exist. Do you follow what I'm saying? So there's never any strong push for expanded uh, mental health care uh, for poor people. And then when there's just like a, a shooting or something, uh, you know, the Republicans will, when it gets to the issue of guns, they'll say, well, the issue is not guns. The issue is mental health. The person was mentally unstable. And that drops it because they don't take the next step and say, oh, we're going to provide more money for social right. clinics or anything. So it just always, I mean, I've lived through this all these years in the city of Chicago where Ron was closing the clinics when he first exactly. got in and patting himself on the back as being a great reformer and saving money and not even thinking of the consequences of people on the street. I, I, I think this is a serious problem in our country right now everything i just said about this the attitude about mental health services and our reluctance uh our, our resistance if you will to funding uh, mental health care for the poor do you agree with me yeah um people try to ignore it or make it seem like it's a bad thing it's an everyday thing you know when it comes to mental health disorders anxiety is actually at the top but people don't talk about you know oh you're just worried you know but people actually have uh, physical symptoms uh, from anxiety. They have panic attacks. You know, you have people going into hospitals thinking that they ha they're having heart attacks when it's really just a panic attack that's, that's really sending them there. And so unless they get that addressed, it's going to continue to happen. And, you know, one of the best things for mental health treatment is therapy as well as medication. Those two together work well. So how did you... Um move from your career as a therapist doing so much work in the city of Chicago uh, to a resident of DuPage County where you're now running for state rep? Uh, well, I have kids and um, I have actually, I have a, a daughter who's almost 12 and then I have twin boys and um, it was paying basically a mortgage to send the twin boys to uh, preschool. So we we're like, okay, when they get older, we're gonna have to go someplace where there's a good education as well as it's free in some way. So um, we actually just landed in Naperville in June of 2016. It wasn't it wasn't our plan at all, but we were there. And, you know, one thing about me is whenever I go somewhere, I try to see what's going on and be active. And, you know, of course, that was an election year and all that stuff happened. My kids were heavily involved in the election. They watched the debates with us. They watched the uh, convention. So they were like really into it how old are your kids uh well then yeah um gosh six six and eight six-year-old watching it well okay that's well last night uh one of them wanted to watch the debate with me but he had to go to sleep no <laughs> uh too bad i feel for like what's with the uh what the 10 what a 12 by now is that how old the kid is what? no no the twins are nine. Oh, okay so the nine-year-old wanted to stay well i feel sorry for the nine-year-old who uh boy or girl you missed a good one last night oh, yeah. that was a heck of a debate uh and so you, you moved out to naperville mm -hmm. uh and uh do you do you work in the city do you have to commute into the city so i was uh, i was working in the city and then what i did was uh i started working part-time in a private practice in oak park mm -hmm. and then from there i just opened my own practice in bolingbrook so that's basically what i've been doing um as far as my involvement in uh DuPage County, you know, someone told me about, oh, there's this parent diversity council. You should go to this meeting. So since that time, I had been involved with the Naperville District 203 Parent Diversity Advisory Council. And then from there, you know, heard about Indivisible. And then it was just different things that just kept coming up. And I was interested in it because basically um, my whole life, I've always wanted to work with people um, and people who didn't necessarily have everything that they needed, not necessarily wanted, but needed. Um, and, you know, the different organizations, they were welcoming. And so I went and I actually found out about there's precinct committee people, you know, in Chicago, we don't 
I, I don't know if they exist, but that was my first time hearing about that. Precinct captains, they call them in Chicago. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, and so I joined the precinct. Uh, I mean, I joined the uh, township and then, you know, talking about that, I said, hey, I wouldn't mind doing that. And there was not one in my uh, my uh, district. So I was basically appointed. Um, and I don't think there has ever been a Democratic precinct committee person in that district. So you're the person that goes door to door on behalf of Democratic candidates? Yes. Did you do that in 2018 cycle? Yes. So who were some of the candidates you went door to door for in 2018? Do you remember? Yeah, but I'm only going to name the winners. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I want a name for the winners in the world. No, they got a name for the winners in the world. I want a name for the losers. Anyway, sorry, a bad uh, back in time for songs. All right, so who are some of the winners? Uh, Lauren uh, Underwood Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in 2018, yeah. Uh, I I did a lot of work with her um, and uh, a little bit with Sean Caston. And and I don't think we had anything to really worry about with Bill Foster. so yeah, but that's also the time that I actually decided that I was gonna probably step into politics was the election of 2018. Now, what was it about 2018 that motivated you to step into politics? Hmm. Well, um, back in, no, well, probably August of 2018, there was a candidate who was running as a Democratic um, nominee or the, the the candidate and some something happened where she's redistricted uh, de- redistricted and um, she basically had to drop out of the race, so we did not have a Democratic nominee to go against the incumbent, who had actually brought this up, like six weeks before the election. Somehow she was not in the district. Something to do with I don't know I I, I don't know what happened, mm-hmm. but the thing was that if she had won, they wanted to have someone to go in her spot, and at that time because I knew I lived in the district, I said I'll do it. Um, she ended up losing by like four points, mm-hmm. um, but I mean that was something that ignited this in my head because before I never thought about going into politics, but to see that injustice happen made me want to go and fight against it. So this was a Democratic candidate who got bounced off the ballot. Am I understanding this story correctly? Yes. Her her, her, her eligibility was challenged, and they she was kicked off the ballot, and so there was no candidate running again. Is that what you're saying? I'm yes. trying to make sure I'm understanding this story correctly. Yeah, there was no time to put another person in there, I don't think. so. And and so who was the beneficiary of this? Who, who ran, was victorious? Uh, the incumbent now, Grant Worley. So you said this is never going to happen again. From here on out, Grant Worley's going to have an opposition. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't think he'd had opposition in a while, and I don't think that people were taking this candidate as serious as uh, she, they should have been. Mm-hmm. And when it got toward the end, they were seeing that there was this drive uh, for change in Naperville. It's not the same Naperville that it used to be. There's a lot more diversity in, in Naperville. There's a lot more working families. Um, these million-dollar homes or millionaires, you know, it's— I mean, that stuff exists, but that's not all of Naperville. Mm-hmm. There are people who work two to three jobs trying to make sure that they can continue to support their families and make sure that their kids get a good education. Now, Danica, uh, when you, so you've been going door to door. What's people's response when you tell them you're running for state rep? Uh, it's, it's been pretty good, especially when I say I'm a social worker. <laughs> uh, because, you know, just... Just the meaning of going and uh, being a social worker, you know, ethics is a really big thing for me. You know, um, I always say that, you know, I never I'm in a profession where I don't make a lot of money. So I don't I've never expected to make a lot of money. So um, it's kind of joking, but like no one can really bribe me (laughs) because I'm used to not having money anyway so but no um it's about making sure that um the people who don't have voices are being heard you know in my work in social work i've listened to a lot of people i've talked with a lot of people and i've gotten uh an idea of what they want what they need you know we talk about taxes you know, all the time in Naperville, the taxes are so high and, you know, it's going towards the schools. And yes, the state should be paying more to support the schools, but that's just not going to happen right now. And so this is where we are right now. 
the taxes are high. Our kids are getting the best education in the state. Mm -hmm. So it's like, which one do you want? Do you want to keep your money and not give your kids education? Wow, and some honesty from a politician. Uh, that's not going to get you a lot of votes. Oh, well. uh, and uh, fair tax. We were talking with Don Villar when you were on deck. I don't know if you were uh, hearing us, if you were in the room at the time, about the fair tax. That, of course, would be the, um, it's going to be on the, the ballot in November. Uh, it takes 60% to pass. It would raise the rates on the highest earners in the state of Illinois. Uh, Bringing more money to fund uh, government to pay our obligations and be more progressive. You know, the, the higher, more money you make, the higher rate you pay. What's your position on the fair tax? I support it. Uh, I want it to pass. Um, nothing has worked so far. And if this is a new idea to, and it looks like it's working probably in other states, mm -hmm. you know, nobody is going broke. And for people to actually have to pay the same uh, tax as people who are millionaires, that's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Unfair. Yeah, uh, they were getting at that in last night's deba presidential uh, debate, uh, which, well, that gets me to this uh, subject. Whenever I have a state rep candidate or state senate candidate or an aldermanic candidate here in in Chicago, I ask, well, who do you support? And generally, they tell me, well, Ben, you know, uh, I get supporters of all the different candidates, so I really don't want to tell people who I'm yeah. supporting because I don't want to alienate any candidate. Fair enough, okay, you got to win. Uh, so what then I do, uh, Danica, is I ask them to take the challenge, the Ben challenge. So I've already, uh, taken it myself on the show. I'll do it again. Okay. Your three top, if you can rank them, like it's a college football ranking. Uh, and Danica's like, oh, Ben, no, she's already resisting. I'm gonna make Lenny do the same thing. Uh, so my top three at the moment. Okay, so top three, not necessarily in any kind of particular order. Of okay, you don't even have to do okay. in any particular order. Oh, there we go, good. fair enough. Lenny's like, <laughs> you're gonna do it too, okay? So uh, your top three, go. Uh, Warren, <laughs> Sanders, Biden. Wow, same with me. Those are my top three. Uh, now, if I had to rank them, which I will do, I will personally rank them. Uh, my number one is Bernie, but Elizabeth Warren after last night, Danica, she's knocking on the door. She killed it last night in that mm -hmm. debate. And I love seeing it because I've been disappointed with her campaign uh, over the last month or so. Yeah. Particularly that last debate where she went after Bernie uh, about the, their conversation that they allegedly had, the private conversation, whatever. But last night, she killed it. So... Uh, she's not going to, you know, come on. Joe Biden's, a, I can't hate on Joe Biden like yeah. uh, my millennial friends hate on him so much, but he's just a product of the Democratic Party. You know what I'm saying, Danica? I mean, that's just, he's a dem. So, yeah. Look, Danica, but um, I, was, I watched it last night, and uh, I think that was my first time actually watching it basically all the way through because I like, had a headache and I just laid down and watched it. But I just kept, feeling like it was Wrestlemania yeah <laughs> you know like people you, you didn't know who was going to join the cage next and who was going to get attacked next so uh, I thought it was fun it was just a whole bunch of like oohs and ahs and you know um, I enjoyed it no I, I I'm with you and you know uh, uh, many of the, my centrist friends are always telling me Ben you know uh, you can't be too critical party has to be together we can't criticize each other and I believe there's uh fair criticism in a debate and unfair criticism in a debate and so and i i mean there's very a lot of subjectivity danica in saying fair and unfair because the things that i tend to think are unfair are the ones that i think are unfair to bernie and elizabeth warren okay mm -hmm. uh, i guess the michael bloomberg's of the world will say well that you know you're unfair to us too but for instance uh when people report like that question, the way that was handled a couple of debates ago about the private conversation between Bernie and Elizabeth Warren. I mean, only two people know what was said in that conversation. You know what I'm saying? So for everybody to draw conclusions about it, um, this is a little unfair. That was just my opinion. I didn't think it's unfair for Elizabeth Warren to go hard at Michael Bloomberg for quotes and positions that he had. Those are quotes and positions he has. Right. He has to defend them at some point. And then I have to wonder, would a man have, would, would a man have said that to him? I think it had to come from a woman. 
about the, about his comments about oh, women. Yeah, yeah. I don't think a man would have said you've called women this. A woman had to say that. Yeah. Do you realize that there was a, a comparable moment? I don't know if you uh, were paying attention to the 2016 uh, Republican debates. Uh, <laughs> Tanika's like, no, I have a life, Ben. Uh, I was paying attention back in 2016. And this actually was in the movie Bombshell. Did you see Bombshell? No. You see Bombshell? No, oh, Ron, don't walk. It's a good flick. Uh, and uh, uh, it was Trump was asked. It was, D, who asked him? It was a newscaster on Fox. I can't believe I'm blanking on the newscaster's name. Asked him point blank and did what Elizabeth Elizabeth Warren, he she ran down the list of all the nasty things. Oh, it was a woman. Yes. Oh. Help me, man. A woman from Fox. Yeah, but I can't believe I can't remember her name. She uh, had blonde hair. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's really ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing she's slick. <laughs> well, we I really was cool, man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Laura Ingram. No, 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 no. Come on, it was. Um, Megyn Kelly, thank you. Oh. Yeah, and uh, and so Trump's response after she ran down this list of all these awful things he mm -hmm. said, because, well, I only said that about uh, Rosie O'Donnell. That's how f Trump handled it, and that'll work in the Republican primary. Do you follow what I'm saying? Yeah. That's not gonna get you many votes with that response in a Democratic primary. Right. So how'd you think Bloomberg handled it? I don't know if he did. She just went. She just went in, and you know what can you say? Mm -hmm. Well, I'll tell you what I thought. He handled it terribly. I'm going to give you advice, Michael Bloomberg. Uh, you got to work on that one. You got to think about a better response, Lenny. He his basic response was, well, uh, when it got down to it, when when she asked him the follow up question having to do with the non disclosure agreements, mm -hmm. his basic response, well, it was, they were probably reacting to some. A joke, a bad joke. And people were literally groaning when he right. said that. See, that's not going to work in a Democratic primary. That's that may work in a Republican primary. Do you follow me? That's why he's in the wrong race, <laughs> or the wrong party. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. People uh, are saying he spent so much money to get his ass whooped. Yeah. Well, you know, there's another debate. You know, he live and learn. Maybe he can learn from last night's whooping. Uh, and come back stronger. We can spend that money to uh, kind of cancel our school debt. I take that. There are more productive uses of that money, absolutely, uh, than giving it, uh, spending on in this campaign. Unless, you know, he rebounds and shows us a little something. Lenny's looking at me like, no way, Ben. But, uh, you know, hey, you know, maybe he learned from yesterday's uh, encounter. Uh, uh, Danica, what are, Tell folks some of the, the like the big issues you're uh, pushing for in your uh, campaign, some of the things you're championing. Well, obviously mental health. Uh, I feel like it's lacking. Uh, you mentioned earlier about like Medicaid and the people who need it the most. Um, it's really hard to actually kind of see some of those people because of the way the system is made up that you have to jump through so many hoops to get paneled with them. So I'm actually not able to see uh, people with Medicaid. The only time I was able to do that was when I was working in hospital systems. Um, but even within those systems, they only took a certain amount. Mm -hmm. They wanted to deal with people who had regular insurance as opposed to Medicaid and Medicare because of the delays of the in the pay. I don't know. Um, but yeah, definitely uh, mental health, uh, substance abuse, which goes along with mental health. You know, a lot of people think that it's a separate issue, but I don't know anybody who as a kid and, and says, I want to grow up and be uh, a pothead. You know, like there's something that drives somebody, not that, not that pot is bad, I support, <laughs> I support marijuana. Yeah, everybody looks at that, it's poor <laughs> 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 These are people who, who well, anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, oh, the opioid crisis, there yeah. you go. Um, but yeah, you know, those things are tied together. And I feel like you have to deal with, there's not necessarily a substance abuse issue with someone who has mental health, but I think that if there's a substance abuse issue, there it might be a mental health issue as well. So that's why I kind of group those together. Uh, also, the uh, CJA uh, bill that's down in uh, Springfield, the Clean Energy Jobs Act, which can uh, create more jobs, uh, but as but also get us closer to um, our uh, renewable energy goals. You know, a lot of people don't talk about the environment and. <laughs> Um, 
sometimes it, you, you don't have to talk about it before you see it. You know, think about how uh, we've been having the hottest years. Every summer is the hottest summer within the last eight to, eight to 10 years, mm-hmm. you know. And then last year, I think, uh, I think in Mexico, they got some snow. And then in Canada, they had a heat wave. So I'm just like, you know, the earth is trying to tell us something. Yeah. Maybe we should listen. Um, and then, of course, you know, the fair tax amendment. But, you know, as I've walked through uh, Naperville, and Naperville actually has a lot of homes where the original owners are there. You know, it used to be farm farms out there. And so I'm talking to some of the seniors, and they talk about how they feel disconnected. You know, how can we help them? Or how can we... Uh, connect them to services that might be beneficial for them. So, yeah, I mean, I'm about the people um, and, you know, people who don't necessarily have um, as much power. Mm -hmm. Uh, Danica, how can people get in touch with you? What's email, website, whatever? Go. Uh, Website is McMillan, M-C-M-I-L-L-E-N, number four, U the letter u.com uh i'm on facebook uh danica mcmillan um the one where it has my picture that is political i have a couple webs uh uh, facebook accounts uh and then email is danica d-e-n-i-k-a at mcmillan for you.com all right very good danica mcmillan thank you so much for coming in and lenny any last uh minute thoughts and we can't let her off the hook she's got to pick her three candidates oh yeah didn't she already pick her? No, oh, she did. No. Oh, I, thank you. No, You're welcome. No, I, I, I'm for Warren. Warren, Warren Sanders. And? I would have to say Biden, you know. Yeah. I'm, Joey's I'm coming back. He wasn't really present at the debate last he was more present than he's been in past debates. And you know what, Lenny, I, got, I have a lot of lefties come through this show, and uh, for the longest time they were bashing Biden, bashing Biden, bashing Biden, because they were Bernie or Elizabeth Warren supporters, and Biden was the centrist in their way. Now they're bashing uh, Bloomberg, because they don't view <laughs> Biden as... But they always gave me a hard time when I would... Because I always had this strange... I mean, I'm, I'm going to not even take the word strange. I, I've always kind of liked Joe Biden. You know, I, he's he's to the right of me, but I've been following his career since the, good God, the 70s, man. And so, anyway, uh, so now it's interesting because Bloomberg's in the race. A lot of people, uh, and Yang's not in the race. A lot of people have Yang as third. Yeah. I he had Yang third for a long time, Danica. So, anyway, Biden, I'm watching rise in the polls among my lefty fellow friends. Interesting phenomenon. Right. But there are still a lot of my moderate friends who are really into Pete. So I think to myself, if I had a choice between Pete and Biden, I'd go for Biden. Yes, me too. <laughs> Pete's too young to be so conservative. Like, this is the question they asked him last night. You know, are you pretty, just my attitude about a 38 year old, I think he's 38 now, who's so moderate. I don't know. Like when you're young, that's when you you should be idealistic. You know, Pete's already 38 year old, talks like he's 90. She can't get that, so don't even ask for that. So it's like, I like Bernie's. (laughs) What if Bernie's pushing 80 and his his heart is big, you know, and he he wants to change the world in a positive way. Pete's 38 years old. He's already given up. (laughs) Don't ask for too much. You know, you're not going to get it anyway and settle for less. I have trouble with a young conservative. Are you old enough to remember that TV show? Michael Fox played the young son. His parents were old hippies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Michael was the conservative. Family That's, ties. Fi- mm-hmm. Family ties, yeah. God damn, he knows his stuff. Today. Hey, watch your language. Uh, he knows his. I was close. You were close. But, you know, to, to me, he reminds me of Alex. That's yeah. his name. Alex P. P. Keaton. Keaton. <laughs> Danica. Danica and Dennis, DD. Uh, so anyway, P- Mayor Pete reminds me of Alex Keaton. You know what I'm saying? That's that's just me, Lenny. Yeah. Um, so anyway. Uh, Wait, let me look. Oh, all the millennials stopped listening. <laughs> <laughs> Those millennials love family ties. Are you kidding? Well, I love that show. And you know. uh, and uh, so what? It, any closing thoughts you want to make? Well, just to remind everybody that the reader comes out every Thursday in print. So here's a new one. Mm-hmm. And then also uh, there's a weekly activist calendar. Karen Goldman was on the on the on the show a couple weeks ago, persistlist.org. You can submit all of your 
um, events into there. Um, and just to remind you that this uh, Monday, February 24th at the Second Presbyterian Church, 1936 South Michigan Avenue, that's when the Illinois 7th Congressional District Candidates Forum is going to happen with Anthony Clark, Keena Collins, Danny Davis, and Christine Schombacher. Um, and also early voting has started. So a lot of people have already voted that I I know. I think it's amazing. But check out elections.il.gov, no matter where you are in Illinois, to find out where your polling place is. Um, and one more thing is Super Tuesday at Promontory with Ben Trotsky. Oh, my God. How can I forget that? And uh, Maya, man, we're going to have such a great time. Jeanette Taylor will be there. Uh, Delmarie Cobb will be there. And uh, Maya and I will be there. And we'll be following the, oh, God, that's going to be so pivotal. Danica, March 3rd, Super Tuesday. We'll see how strong uh, Bloomberg is. We'll see who's going to be, who's winning over the black vote. We've been waiting for that. All these white states, now we got them out of the way. We can see which way the black vote's going. We've been talking about this forever on this show. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited about that March 3rd promontory show. Mm-hmm. It's 5311 South Lake Park Avenue West. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a good time. Yes, uh, so I'm really looking forward to that. And uh, uh, yeah, can't wait for that. Is it free? Uh, I believe it's F R E E free. Free ninety nine. That's correct. Uh, by the way, I, Lenny, I didn't tell you this in honor of my beloved reader. I've been writing for the reader since nineteen eighty four. A long time. I wore my reader T-shirt oh today. My okay. <laughs> Whenever Lenny comes in, I try to wear my reader T-shirt. Uh, so anyway, I love the reader. All right, Lenny, thank you so much. Uh, Danica McMillan, thank you very much. What a show. Don Villar, uh, earlier in the show. And Bronco, March Teach. How's that, That was good. That was it. Man, Bronco was good. We're going to have to bring him back. Miles, just saying. No, I'm just kidding, Miles. Uh, We love you. Enjoy your vacation uh, in New Orleans. But it was great to have Bronco sitting in. Uh, Great show. A lot of political talk. Of course, we couldn't have done it anyway without the man, the myth, the legend behind. And hey, I'll have you know I haven't smoked weed in four days. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow. Huh? <laughs> huh? Uh, it's because he doesn't have any. So we, uh, that's why we say any guest, uh, give the man some lead. Anyway, the pride and joy of Alton, Illinois. And as Danikin can tell you, back home in Alton, they call him White Lightning. Give yourself a raise. Take it out of petty cash. See you tomorrow, everybody. Hey, and remember, you can download previous Ben Jarofsky shows and Benny J bonus interviews at both Chicago Sun-Times and Chicago Reader websites and wherever else. You download your favorite podcast. Be sure to check out our brand new podcast that we call Beyond the Column, where we take a deep dive in Bendrovsky's latest column all about Michael Bloomberg and learn about a column from Bendrovsky past. Hey, downloaders, you know we live stream this show, right? It's true. Tuesdays through Fridays, 1 until 3 p.m. Central Time at both Chicago Sun-Times and Chicago Reader websites and the Chicago Sun-Times YouTube channel. When you join us on the Sun-Times YouTube channel, you can check out the live stream chat. Join it. Hang out with Jay Marie, Kyle, Brianna, Steve. Wait, where's Steven been? Steven, are you listening? Join them all. We'll see you tomorrow. Big problems become big problems when you let small problems sit. That's correct. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.